Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoyed this message. God's house, our home. I got to spend a fair bit of time thinking about this whole thing, and I want to bring a message today that I've titled, Whatever It Takes. Whatever it takes. Because I was thinking about this idea of what the difference is between a house and a home. Because, you know, you can, you can go into somewhere, you can go into an atmosphere, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a home, right? But then there are other environments you walk into, and you're, sorry, that's a house. But you walk into other environments, you're like, oh, no, that's a, that's a home. You can go and visit friends. And we just, my wife and I recently just built a house. We've been spent a long time preparing for that. We've built a house. And it's funny how the longer you're in a house, right, the more stuff you start to notice, don't you? All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, that light just isn't quite center to the room. I'm not sure I'm happy about that. Or, oh, the, why did they install that there? Why is that cabinet just... And you start to see all the little things. But when people come to visit us, they don't notice that, do they? They don't notice the little things like that. They come in and, and, and they notice the warmth. They notice the embrace. They notice the love. And I, I want to say today, I believe the difference between a house and a home is the love we experience in that place. The difference between a house and a home, like you can go and visit someone's house and if, if there's no love in the house, it's just a house. You can feel it, right? You can feel stress or you can feel the, the argument that perhaps they were just having before you got there or they've been running around like a mad thing because the kids, you know, spilt yogurt somewhere. Oh, that's such a blessing, yogurt. It's, a, it's like, who invented yogurt? People that didn't have children. Let me tell you that. And it's like, yeah, let's just do this. We'll get ready for church. Great. Hey, Dad, can I give you a hug? Oh, what a blessing. I'll get changed now. But uh, the difference is, is love. You walk into an environment where you feel that warmth. You feel that welcome. I mean, there's other elements, like there's the smell, right? When you walk into a, a, a nice home and you can smell like that roast lamb with a little bit of rosemary. Am I speaking to anybody here? There's apologies if you're a vegan. Um, maybe like some roasted kombucha or something. I don't know. Kale. No, no one wants to smell that. Um, but you smell that. You can smell the lamb and you see photos on the wall and you, you hear the sounds, but... Those are all things that can be faked. Yeah. You know, when we were building our house, we went to a lot of display houses, right? And you walk into a display house, and they can fake that stuff now. They got music playing to create atmosphere. We went through one display house, and they had little speakers all through the building. And when you got to certain rooms, like you get to the bedroom, and you hear children laughing and playing. It's like they're onto it. They're trying to make it feel like home. They got family photos on the wall. I don't know whose family that is. It's a little bit weird. They, they've got these little smell diffusers now where they can put out that smell of freshly baked, oh, bread. Oh, that smell in the morning. They can fake that stuff, but it's still just a display house. You cannot fake love. You cannot fake what happens when there are people there that are loving, that are embracing, that are warm, that are welcoming. Even that brief, like I said, the A-frame, double tap, quick hug. There's something about that in that moment. Maybe, maybe if you're a bit more of a hugger. Maybe some of you are like, the, no, I want the whole body hug. I want to I feel it. I want to embrace you. And that's cool if that's you. Please don't hug me like that. But if that's your jam, I'm okay with that. Um, but it's, it's something about that. And I, I love this quote. Carl Buena. I don't know if his last name's pronounced like that, but it looks like Buena or Buena. He says this. People may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. 
What makes God, God's house our home? It's the love. It's the people that we have inside the home. And I love Pastor Aston preached the other week, and she was talking about their house and how the house doesn't have to be complete because there's always renovations happening. The house doesn't have to be perfect. The house doesn't have to be complete. Everything doesn't have to be in order necessarily, but it's that love that we feel when we're in that place. And it applies directly to church. Like I think about my house at home and I think about church. So if you come to my house for the first time, one, um, we, we've, we've got like a gate at the front. So when the gate buzzes, my five-year-old Duke, he's so excited. He, is, he doesn't even know you, but he is pumped because someone's coming to the house. And I joke, I kid you not, he runs straight out the front door towards the street. Um, but he does, he runs straight out. He sees your car. He's waving. Like, you know which house it is. But he's just like, it's this one. Come this way. Come. You should park there. This is going to be great. And it, it reminds me of our parking teams we got out there, right? Like you pull in here for the first time and there's someone smiling. They got, I don't know, do you guys do high-vis or I don't know how you guys do it, but there's just someone waving at the driveway. And you're like, oh, this is, that's nice. That's nice. When you get to the door, when you come to my house, you get to the door, my wife or I, we're there. We're going to greet you. We're going we're gonna to say, hey, welcome to our house. You know, maybe we set a little bit of culture. When that happens as well, well, hey, uh, just, just put your shoes over there because we're a shoes off kind of house when you come to us. I don't wait till an hour later and awkwardly go, uh, so could you, um, yeah, shoes? Just, yeah, we, we do shoes at the door. No, it's, it's, a, it's a quick moment. It's like right at the door. It's just like, hey, this is where our shoes are. And I love it. The welcome team are there and they see you come in. And it's like, hey, did you know we've got a kids program? Let's get someone to take you over to where kids is. Like, it's the same principle. What makes God house our home is the people and the love that we bring when we're in this atmosphere. And so it's so transferable all the way from the car park to the kids to the cafe to the service. It's all about love. In fact, I'll go a step further. It's all about a special kind of love that I call whatever it takes love. And so I want to talk about that this morning. And I want to share a story from the Bible that speaks to this whatever it takes kind of love. It's found in the book of Mark in your Bibles. And if you don't have one with you, we, got, we can play along at home on the screens here. This is good. So I did ask if they could do the bounty ball as I spoke, but apparently... It's, it's not karaoke today, so no, that's good. So I want to read this. If you've got a Bible in front of you, you're welcome to read along, but let, let's read this together, right? So Mark chapter 2, I'm reading from verses 1 to 12, says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening through the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat on which the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. This is where it takes a curveball, right? Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what they were saying and thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Whatever it takes, 
love. Church, I believe we're called to be the sort of person, people that would do whatever it takes for people to find themselves at the feet of Jesus. That we would be the sort of people that would have that sort of whatever it takes, that we would do anything we can, that someone can come in here and find that same hope, that same freedom, that same healing, that same salvation that you once found in this place. Whatever it takes, love. Love makes a home. Don't let this just be a house. Let it be a home. So let me share a couple of thoughts. Let me share a couple of thoughts. Could I grab that bottle of water as well, if that's okay? Just because I've been talking all weekend, and it's been great. But I feel like I'm a, like the dog that just wants to lap at a bowl or something like that. Thank you so much, man. That is good. So my first thought here on how we can be a whatever-it-takes kind of people is that we need to be a carrier not just one of the crowd. Now, listen to my journey here, okay? Now, I'm not an English teacher, but I've done a little bit of reading into this. It said in verse 2 there, uh, sorry, verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Now, that's the, that's the line. Some men came carried by four of them. The next line says that since they could not get to him. Now, my understanding of the English, English language, that pronoun they is referring to the most recent group talked about, the four men. So there were some men that came, but four went and made a hole. See, see when, when something's going on, when there's something good in town, it's easy to be a part of the crowd. It's easy to be the ones just going, hey, this is cool. These guys are taking the paralyzed guy to see Jesus. Yeah, I'll come along for the walk. Oh, it's a, it's a bit busy today. Oh, the car park's a bit full. I have to park too far. Or, no, I'll just, I'll come back. It's easy to be a part of the crowd. The crowd is fickle. But I believe that we need to be one of the they. We need to be one of those ones that are willing to pick up and carry. Carry those that are hurt. Carry those that are broken. Carry those that are, that are hurting and need healing into this place. We need to be willing to carry them into the presence of Jesus. We need to be carriers, not just a part of the crowd. This speaks to ownership. God's house, your home. No, no, no. God's house, their home. No, 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 no. God's house, our home home. This is my home. And when you walk into my home, I'm going to make you feel welcome. When you walk into my home, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to be generous to you. Are we being a part of the crowd? Are we just rocking up and going, oh yeah, someone else has got that. Or are we going, no, 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 no. Today, this is my home. I'm going to make you feel welcome. I'm going to carry the burden. I'm going to, I'm going to know the house culture. I love growth track today. So exciting that you're learning about spiritual gifts. Did you know that over 82% of adult Christians, it was a survey recently in the States, over 82% of adult Christians had no idea what their spiritual gifts are. No idea what they're gifted to do. Oh, I don't know, I'll just serve on the door. But you don't like people. Yeah, but it's all I well, Why? Because we've never found out what our spiritual gifts are. Is your spiritual gift hospitality? Great, then don't serve on the door, serve in the cafe. Come on, make some homemade muffins and bring them into church this morning. If anyone does that, I'll, I'll be back. Just let me know. I'm happy to come back for homemade muffins. You know, but the other thing I see with the carrier here is they, they've got relationship with the person they're carrying. You know, I've seen people, you get the invitation cards to church, and I've seen people wheeling them like ninja stars. Like they're just walking down the street, just, just the scattergun effect. Oh, I figure at least one of them is going to come. But look at this. This guy's not jumping on a stretcher going with these guys just because he doesn't know them. Like, he's, he's sitting there paralyzed, and they just walk up and go, hey, let's just take this guy to Jesus. He's like, what are you people doing? Leave me alone. No, I think it speaks to relationship. 
here. That these people, these four guys had a relationship to a point where they went, hey man, this Jesus is in town and we know that he can heal. We know that he can, that he can fix what ails you. Will you let us take it with you? Can we, can we pick you up? Can we help you with the burden? Can we get you to the feet of Jesus? We need to be carriers, not just a part of the crowd. I got, can I quick pause, pause the message real quick? Can I give you some shower revelation? Does anyone else get that? When you're in the shower, you just feel like Jesus talks to you. I got it this morning. God spoke to me very clearly. He said, Vaughn, and it's funny, Pastor Robbie mentioned it just briefly. He said, Vaughn, I wonder if the house would have been full if those four boys just turned up on time. Now, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. This is what God gave me this morning. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. I got it. Okay. I got it. I can bring people to Jesus, but I'm going to try and do better there. But we need to be a carrier, not a part of the crowd. Is that okay? We good this morning so far? Okay, good. Good. Number two. Number two thought here. We need to learn to embrace the unconventional. Learn to embrace the unconventional. And you know, as I was preparing to come down here, from the moment Pastor Robbie asked for me to come down here, I had this word rattling around my head, and it was unconventional. It was a word that I believe is a word not just for your leaders, but for you as a church. This church is going on, what, 60 years of age. But you know what I believe God is saying? The way we did it for the last 60 isn't going to be the way we're going to do it moving forward. I believe that God wants to do something powerful in Shepparton. That this is going to be a bright, bold hope in our community of Shepparton. That people will come here because they know that the love of God lives here. They know that the presence of God lives here. They know they can find healing and hope and family and love in this place. But we've got to be willing to embrace The unconventional. Jesus was unconventional. (laughs) Come on, he was a loose unit sometimes. Oh, you're blind. Just let me get some spit mud and rub it in your eyes. Like, whoa, what's going? No, 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 no. The deaf and the mute man. I'm just going to give you a wet willy and then I'm going to lick my and touch your toe. Like, what is going on there? And even in this moment, like you look at this, these four guys, they've gone, we can't get him, but he needs to be at the feet of Jesus. I know. Let's dig a hole in the roof. And look, we're sitting in church right now. If someone started cutting a hole in the roof, like, it's going to upset some people, right? (laughs) Pastor Robbie going to have a small stroke over here. Um, But it is. I just, I'm wondering what Jesus was doing. Because you're hearing some digging. So as I understand the houses back then, they would normally have a staircase up there. It was a flat surface. It was almost like a spare room where they could go up there and they could enjoy the weather and so forth. And, and what they would do is they would make the roof. It wasn't like flax or, or little things. You just lift up a little bit, lower them through. It was like baked in mud. In fact, as I understand it, as a bonding agent, they would actually use manure. Here's a crazy idea. Maybe these boys had to dig through some stuff. Maybe they had to put aside some stuff that was going on in their own world so that this guy could encounter the presence of God. But sometimes we gotta, we got to dig through it. we got to think unconventional. But I'm like, the dirt's coming down and Jesus is standing there. No one's listening to the preaching anymore because they're going, what's going on? There's light coming through the roof. And I just picture Jesus just sort of taking a step back going, I want to see how this plays out. This is unconventional. You got my attention. And we see it later where he looks up, he sees their faith, and then says, son of man, your sins are forgiven. Now, let me be very clear. This man didn't find salvation and healing because of their, uh, by this friend's faith. It wasn't, oh, by your faith, but it was because. We can't bring salvation. 
Only Jesus can do that. But I can bring the faith that brings the friend that puts him in the presence of the one who can bring salvation. Come on. So we need to embrace the unconventional. You look at the Pharisees in this story. They just wanted to turn this into a theological debate, didn't they? Oh, this man got saved. No, 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 wait. And I, I did some research. I looked up in the original Greek how the, what the Pharisees were saying. Forgive my terminology here. This is more or less what the Pharisees said. You get the idea. They're just having a whinge. Come on, somebody got saved and you're having a cry about it. What is wrong with you? We need to be doing whatever it takes to get people in the presence of God. The greatest miracle God ever performed was forgiveness. The greatest miracle, the greatest gift he ever gave to us was that forgiveness, that he would stand in the gap between heaven and us and go, this one is clean. I will die for their sins. I love a quote. Paul Scanlon, a great communicator, says this, the best things in life are protected by just enough problems that only the genuine contenders are granted access. Let me say that again. The best things in life are protected by just enough problems that only the genuine contenders are granted access. What little problems are you willing to push through? What little thing are you willing to dig through to see that friend, that workmate, that family member in the presence, the healing, the restoring, the forgiving presence of our Savior? Embrace the unconventional. You know, I said, to, I said to some of the team, I've been talking to some different people, and before I came down, I did a bit of research on Shep, I believe. Is that how we say it, if we're local? So we're family. We're family, so it's Shep. <laughs> you know we're family, because this morning, like, I've just walked in and gone, oh, there's a kitchen. Great. I'm going to make myself a coffee. And Kathy's like, no, 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 you're our guest. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just extended family. It's okay. I'll help myself to the kitchen. Um, but, but, you know, this is family, and I did some research on Shep. Read some reviews, saw some feedback, saw some Facebook comments, just did a bit of, the, bit of the Googling. And you know what? The general vibe I got was just mediocre. This is, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm saying that the, the, as I'm reading the reviews, I'm reading information about Shepherd, and there was such a, a weightiness of this is just the halfway point between here and the big smoke, that this is just a transient city. And there was such a heaviness on it. And we're driving through the city the last couple of days, and I'm looking around, and I'm going, man, this is not mediocre shepherding. This is not average shepherding. I believe that God is wanting to do something unconventional in this city, that no longer would it be a place of just we're passing through. Young people aren't spending their time and then going to university, but that they would want to be here because there's something going on here, that God is doing something here, that his presence is so strong here. This place here, this room here is going to be your foyer. I'm telling you, this isn't the room you're going to stay in. This is the foyer to make room for all the people that are coming into your house, but it requires us to have some whatever it takes kind of love. Be a carrier, not just part of the crowd. Embrace the unconventional. And number three, praise for the one. Celebrate the one like they are the first. I said before, the longer you're in a home, the more you notice the things, the less exciting things get. A man can join me, that'd be great. We start to lose the excitement. These Pharisees, they'd lost the joy of what it was to encounter a living God. We need to be able to praise God for the one as though they are the first. Am I talking about numbers? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm bold enough to say it because every number has a name. 
Every name has a story, and every story matters to our God. And so it should be about numbers. It should be about salvation, but not without discipleship. Don't think I'm just one of those flaky, oh, he's a decisions guy. I'm not that. But I'm just saying, we need to be celebrating the one just like they are the first. The Bible tells us that all of heaven is rejoicing. They're throwing down up there. Angels are just throwing their horns in the air. Just, hey! Throwing down for the one who was lost who becomes found. When was the last time we celebrated? If the purpose of our house is to bring love, to make this a home, then we need to be celebrating every single one as though they are the first. As though, the, as though they're the firstborn. You know the first kid you've got? Those of you that got kids in the room, you get it. The first kid you got, it's different. Second kid, like first kid, you just do everything. You take thousands of photos. Second kid, you're just like, ah, oh, they'll survive. <laughs> like first kid, you're airplane. Second kid, it's just like, eat it. It, it, it changes. We need to be celebrating the first, uh, the, the one, every single one, as though they are the first. They're going to be saved because of your faith. Not by it, but because of your faith. Who is it? Who's in your world? Who's that family member, that friend, that, that co-worker that you've been praying for? Keep praying. Keep inviting. Keep welcoming. Keep bringing. Don't just say, I'll meet you there. Hey, when can I pick you up? Hey, 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 I'll buy you a coffee. Heck, turn up with a coffee already in hand. Come here, have a prayer meeting first, then go out, pick them up with a coffee, bring them back here again. Give them a second coffee. Tell you what, if it's your first time at church today, you have a free coffee on me. Uh, just, uh, just, I'll, I'll, I'll fix you up later on. Um, but do it. If it's your first time, go talk to someone in the cafe. Say, hey, it's my first time today. Church, if they come and talk to you, can you be, can you be real enough to go, hey, awesome, let me take you over and get your coffee. Take, take him on a journey with you. Would you love someone enough for us to be a house that is a home? We need to be able to demonstrate this whatever, takes, um, whatever it takes kind of love. To build such an atmosphere of love that this place would be overflowing with people. One service, two service, three. Oh, Vaughn, that sounds like hard work. Oh, Vaughn, that sounds like I've got to dig through some stuff, whatever it takes. Oh, Vaughn, I don't know if I want to have to go to two services on Sunday. Why not? Why not? What's wrong with that? Are you, you don't want to make room for more people to encounter the love of God? Are you happy with the three people that you know now? No, we need to have a whatever it takes kind of thinking here. Who's that paralyzed person? Who's that sick? Who's that needy person that needs to be in the presence of God? Would you stand to your feet this morning, church? I want to pray for you. I want to pray because I'm not just saying, I'm not trying to tickle your ears. Like legit, I'm not here just to say some words and be the hype guy. That's, that's not it. I genuinely believe that you can be this great hope in this city. From the youngest to the oldest in the room. Who is that person? Would you close your eyes this morning? Close your eyes this morning. I want you to think, who is that person? doesn't matter how long they've been away from Jesus or if they've never encountered Jesus. Who's that person in your world that God's talking to you about right now? My little brother, he walked away from God at about age 16. 20 years we prayed for him. 20 years he didn't come to church. He'd pop in, but he'd just criticize. He'd pop in and he'd find flaws. He'd find faults. He'd find hypocrites. That's just because we're people. It's human nature, right? 20 years. 20 years we kept inviting. Two trips to the emergency department with overdoses. One trip to the emergency department with a stabbing over some drugs. 20 years we prayed for this young man. 20 years. And now it got to the point when I had my firstborn son, I would never leave him alone in a room with him. My brother, my very own brother, I wouldn't leave him alone with my son. 
four years later, he is not only the greatest babysitter we have, he's serving on teams, he's leading teams. There are young people that are looking after him. I tell you, we have a God who can heal. We have a God who answers prayer. We have a God who can save. It doesn't matter who they are. We just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to see them at the feet of Jesus. So let me pray for you this morning, church. God, I pray right now by your Holy Spirit that every face, every name that we're thinking of in this room right now, God, that we would be stretcher carriers, Lord God, that we would, that you would show us the unconventional ways that we can get them into this place, Lord, not for our own glory, not for our own help, Lord God, but that you would see them saved. God, we speak restoration to relationships. We speak healing to bodies, Lord God, provision where it is needed, Heavenly Father. We speak it in faith and we ask that you would use us God use us not to be mediocre God not to be the crowd God but that you would use us to do something significant in this city for your name for your glory and we all say in agreeance amen come on thank you for listening to this message to stay in touch with encounter follow us on instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherdin.